0: Hello, my bubblies, and welcome to My Streaming Bubble. It's the podcast where I talk about the shows that I love with the people I tolerate. I'm your host, Jen, and today, Jill the Besties back in the bubble. You want to hear a story about how me and this bitch talked about the Twitter thread-inspired movie Zola? It's kind of long, but filled with tangents. That's right. We will be talking about Asia Zola King's 2015 viral Twitter thread that caught the attention of many, Turned into a movie simply titled Zola. Hey, Jill, and welcome back to the Pod Basement.
1: I'm back, baby. <laughs> I've been working on that all day. Oh, it's so good, you did so good.
0: <laughs> what did Aaron think when you were re- where you were
1: like rehearsing in the car when you're out with Aaron today? She She's like giving you, you notes. Know, maybe you should put more emphasis on the B and then less on the B. <laughs> no, I'm.
0: She's so helpful. <laughs>
1: surely was she gave me a lot of pointers mm-hmm. very good well
0: excellent so <laughs> so here's kind of our spoiler warning brief synopsis of the movie um I didn't know anything about this movie oh. going into it uh, I honestly just thought it was a tale of like besties and maybe some wild crazy road trip um the uh, Twitter or I'm sorry the IMDB synopsis is simply a stripper named Zola embarks on a wild Road trip to Florida. So that's vague. <laughs> <laughs> it is vague, and I wasn't—I I wasn't aware of like the Twitter thread because it was the story wasn't was originally told on Twitter through 148 tweets. So she, uh, Zola Asia King, also known as Zola, uh, she shared her story of going to Florida to dance, and shit goes fucking sideways. So I thought this was going to be a tale of besties, <laughs> but it's sort of kind of fucking not.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I'll be honest, I was in the same boat when I was going through and looking at um bestie films it's like I've been want like I've been hearing things about this movie and I wanted to watch it and I also thought that it was like oh, bestie film. Um and I read very little about it. Like I knew it was based on like a Twitter th- Thread, and yeah, I knew very little about it, so I was like, "Oh, this is a great busty film. Let's do this one." And then I started, like, I started reading a little bit more after I suggested it, and I was like, "Ooh, this might not be a best," <laughs> <laughs> but I wasn't going to say anything, so here we are.
0: <laughs> I like. I sometimes do like not knowing anything about like a show or movie before getting going into it because I have like no expectations. And I'm usually surprised for good or bad, but I find that I also am able to watch it a little bit more objectively, and then, and then just be gobsmacked. Where I'm just like, this isn't what I thought it was gonna <laughs> yeah. be. So, we'll uh, we're gonna stick mostly to the movie and not because I read an article where on Rolling Stones where they interviewed Asia um, and kind of got like the behind the like the real story, which was a pretty good. Uh, article. So, But since I'm not entirely sure how deep we'll go with this today, I'm just going to throw out a quick content warning for human trafficking and sexual assault. So after I watched the movie, like I said, I found the tweets, I found the article, and it's titled The Zola, The Real Story Behind the Greatest Stripper Saga Ever Tweeted. And I thought it was pretty good, so I suggest folks go out and read it if they haven't already. It's from 2015, and in it there are some discrepancies, uh, with what actually happened, and Zola did admit that the scene where they get in that altercation with the other pimp mm. didn't actually happen, or not to that extent of the mo- of the movie. So, uh, let's see. The movie stars Taylor Page, Riley Kyo, Coleman Domingo, and Nicholas Braun, and was directed by Janixa Bravo. Hopefully I pronounced that right. I had to spell that more phonetically. <laughs> um. So, yeah, it's – uh so yeah, like I said, I read the synopsis. I saw the the uh, cover art, and it's just a picture of Zola and Stephanie, the two friends, quote friends. And I was kind of like, okay, fun road trip movie, bestie. We got a woman of color. I was like, oh, my God, it's kind of like us. <laughs> Zola's obviously way darker than I am,
1: but <laughs> – <laughs> But this is not us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean – we, uh, well, never mind. I was going to say, we don't hoe anymore. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no, our hoeing days are long, long behind us. Long behind us. <laughs> so we'll go ahead and just get right into it. Um, one thing that I kind of noticed throughout the movie was that it's kind of, it's kind of a trip. It's kind of trippy, but everybody is sober. And there's, like, no drugs, you know, there's maybe some drinking, but, again, kind of, I guess, a little bit of what I thought this movie was going to be is, like, some drug-fueled, crazy road trip movie, blah, 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 but everyone's sober, and this shit is bananas. Yeah, it's,
1: yeah, it doesn't need to have an additional, like, adding the drugs and the drinking to it, Um, just this the story and, like, the things that happened to them. During this 48 hours trip to Florida. Yeah, it's, it is trippy in the way that it's filmed too. Uh, I was reading a little bit up um, on the director and how her use of like mirrors in the movie kind of depicted like, like it makes it a little bit of like dreamy and like, you know, trippy and like gives it a certain feel at points Especially if they're – like when they're in the strip club and they're getting ready and they're like putting their makeup on and you see both of them in the mirrors and that's kind of like like they're – I don't know if there's a deeper meaning, but they're reflecting on what they're doing Mm -hmm. or whatever or maybe not. But um, it did have that – like some parts had like that dream-like quality to it. Um, Yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but Mm –
0: but it it's it trippy, yeah,
1: trippy, kind of
0: surreal, yeah, surreal. and it's you know, it's all it's all true with a few with the exception of a few embellishments. So you almost need to give this story kind of that trippy, surreal feeling because this shit is fucking bonkers, basically, Zola gets she meets she meets a girl, Stephanie, and within like within twenty four hours. Stephanie's all like, hey, let's go, let's go down to Florida. We can make a lot of money dancing down there. And Zola's like, fine, fuck it. What the hell? You know, want to make some money. That's great. But it's like that's that's how it all starts off. All kind of fun and lighthearted. And like, oh, just young and you know, being free and whatever. And then you find out that like Stephanie is uh, she's a sex worker, which you kind of get the impression maybe not by choice, because uh, there are pimps in the car with her, too. He goes by X until we find out his name later in the movie, which I did not write down. IMDb has him simply as X. So, but it's this crazy tale of how Zola kind of gets caught up and, like, manipulated into, like, sex work. Mm-hmm. So in the movie Zola doesn't participate in any of the with any of the sex work or anything. She kind of runs security for Stephanie as she's bringing as all these Johns are coming in. So the thought that like this shit happened Zola herself was this like this close to being just another one of his ladies and then the the real shit that happened with dude did you read up on kind of the real story of like what all went down with like the real Stephanie and the real
1: ex? Um, a little bit. I just saw that. Um, like he got he got jail time, didn't he? Like he eventually like it all caught up with him for trafficking girls, and it and he got um prosecuted mm-hmm. and did jail time. Um, I'm not sure what really happened to Stephanie. Besides, like her trying to tell her side of the tale on Reddit, um, but I kind of feel like I like she she definitely co like not coerced, but she like she lied, like she made it seem like this is what we're going down to do. My best friend or my friend, she just did it last weekend. She like made five thousand um, dollars. Let's go down there. Let's just do some stripping for, the like, 48 hours. Make a bunch of money, and then we'll come back. And it seemed like the way that she had put it to Zola was as, like, it's just you and me, girl. We're going on this road trip. We're going to be making mad money. And we're going to get, you know, we're going to have fun. And then we're just going to come home, mm-hmm. you know. So um I'm not sure, like, how Stephanie – how she like portrayed it but it seems like she definitely manipulated zola um maybe not by choice because she was definitely being trafficked she has a you know x was her pimp and i'm sure like he was like pick up girls like get girls to come with us Mm -hmm. or i'm gonna beat you or something i don't know right you know but she it just seemed like she's been in the game long enough like she knew what to say like how to act and mm-hmm. like what to do to bring in other girls into yeah. this like scenario yeah
0: yeah i completely agree kind of throughout watching it and watching stephanie it was kind of hard at first to to tell is she a willing participant in this is she has she has she been manipulated or or brainwashed or just kind of doing it out of fear, and throughout I, the movie, I, it's, think,
1: I think all of that. I think
0: all of, but it was you know because it's not clear cut, you know. And then the real story of uh, Stephanie and everything. She, I mean, she her her story is pretty sad and tragic, and a victim of abuse basically her whole life. But she's free and like she's she acknowledges now that she was brainwashed and manipulated by by X and um i think she has said that if anything comes from this movie it's just to bring awareness on uh, the dangers of sex trafficking and you know maybe how easy it is to kind of get like accepted into a- that yeah
1: yeah um and i'm not victim blaming and i'm not saying that it's her fault or anything and i think like part of it is is that she was brainwashed in order to like in order to survive she was – you know, she had to do this and, like, mm-hmm. she, you know, had to become this person whether she meant to be that way or not. Um, But the movie kind of portrays her as, like, a baddie. Like, mm-hmm. like, she's straight up, like, a little crazy mm-hmm. and definitely manipulative and a little, like – Immoral. I don't know. Like, just like a bad person. Yeah. Just that she's she's just as much in on it as yeah as X. Yeah,
0: yeah. The one scene that kind of got me thinking, like, all right, maybe there is something more to this character where this isn't her, any of her choice. And that's when, uh, after Zola kind of finds out what's all like that X is uh, Stephanie's pimp and all this, and they get into that fancy hotel room and Zola confronts her, Stephanie breaks down into tears and she's like, you know, everything I do, I do for my kid. I do it all for my baby to make money. And I was scared and I didn't know what to do. I didn't want to come on this trip alone. So, you know, I'm sorry. I dragged you into this and blah, blah, blah. And that was, and I I felt for her in that moment. But at the same time, I couldn't help but wonder, like, is this more bullshit? Mm -hmm. I felt the same way. So it's – I felt like Stephanie was kind of a complicated character to wrap my head around because it isn't just clear-cut, you know, victim or, partic- you know, willing participant in all of this. And I think somewhere along the lines, yes, she manip- was got manipulated and brainwashed into thinking that this is the way to live and work and – bring more more people in, more mm-hmm. women in. So I I felt for her. But then by the end of the movie, and they're heading home now, <laughs> and she's like, I'm sorry. She's like, can we still be friends? And Zola's just like, no. Mm-hmm. Like, go fuck yourself. Yeah. No. That, that was just super weird to me because then again, I'm like, you're not really – Like, how sorry are you for everything that just happened?
1: Like, you're not really taking responsibility for everything that happened or, like, owning up to your own part of it. Um, Like, I keep going through my head. Like, how easy would it be for them just to, like, leave? Mm -hmm. You know? I don't know. Um, With trafficking victims, you know, you often hear that they are manipulated they're brainwashed into thinking like they won't survive without their handler without mm-hmm. their pimp or whatever and a lot of the times you know they're they don't have money they are cu- maybe cut off cut off from like their family and friends they don't have you know like a way to reach somebody that they can really rely on because they've been in the like that business or whatever. Um That all those contacts have just kind of gone to the wayside. Where was I going with this? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I, I had a hard time, like, and maybe it's just the actress, like Riley Kehoe, that You know, did such a great job, but I had a hard Mm -hmm. time believing her as a victim. Yeah. Especially there was one part where, like, her boyfriend, because her boyfriend was with, too. Yep. With her pimp, which still kind of boggles me. um, He said, he said to Zola, like, oh, she's done this before. Like, you're not the first one. So, it kind of, you know, like, this, hat, like, she, like, love bombs girls that Mm -hmm. she meets takes advantage of their vulnerabilities, um, you know, offers them this exciting deal to make a bunch of money and then, you know, sucks them in and then they're in the trafficking world. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I had a hard time believing yeah. that she was yep. a victim. like I I yeah, I don't like I said, I'm not victim blaming and I'm not shaming but I think it was just maybe how the movie portrayed them because I you know, like trafficking victims, they are victims. Like mm-hmm. I firmly believe like you just can't get out of it. You have no means to get out of mm-hmm. it. Um, you're so brainwashed you think that you cannot survive with this without this person, this pamper, where whatever. You know, you're um You're given only so much food, only so much sleep. You're relying on this person for everything, Mm -hmm. you know, 100% victims. But in the movie, it seemed a little like they were portraying her as, like, not really a victim. Like It was like she was kind of in on it. So, I don't know. I had a hard time with that.
0: Well, and I think especially with movies, whether based on true stories or not, we always – I always kind of look for, you know, there's always that clear-cut hero and villain. Protagonist, antagonist, goody, baddie. And it gets all muddled when the one you think is going to be the baddie or the antagonist is also maybe a dash, like, sympathetic. hmm So that's just something, like, for me personally, I'm always like, oh, there's the good guy, here's the bad guy. But in this scenario, it's with Stephanie, it's definitely more complicated, which is very true to life. So, but it was... um at the end when they get back to Mr. X's like condo and Stephanie's boyfriend is freaking out and cuz X is like well I'll get I'll get um Zola and what was his name Garrett or Derek sorry Derek he's like I'll get you guys plane tickets home and Garrett or Derek sorry <laughs> Derek is just like Begging Stephanie to come home. Please, just, you you can leave this. You've got to leave this. You don't need this. We can go. And she is at that point choosing to stay. Now, again, whether that's part of the manipulation and her thinking that she can't thrive
1: away from X, quite possibly. Or she could just be, like, scared to leave because he could threaten her or – Seriously, hurt her. He's? She, I mean, she's his moneymaker, so he's not going to just let her go easily. Yep. And he's he was a scary dude. Okay, he was a scary dude. um The one thing that cracked me up about X is how he would dip into the African accent, mm-hmm. and then he would not talk with an African accent. The other thing is like when I was a different color. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah. So they did a it's. Part, and one of the parts of the movie, like they did a close up of his face, and he's got and like, it's kind of a scary, like, moment. And they did a close up, and that's when I noticed, like, mm. the one eye is a little like, like gray almost. So he just looks like diabolically evil mm-hmm. in that way too, you know. And he kind of reminds me. And that's, like, when they showed the face with the two different colored eyes, kind of reminds me of, um, did you ever watch The Professional? Oh, Leon? Yeah. yeah. Leon, The Professional. And Natalie oh, Brothers. I love that movie. So, Gary Oldman's character, mm-hmm. he had two different colored eyes. And that's who he reminded me of Ooh. in that movie. I was like, damn. Because he, <laughs> he was scary, too. Yeah.
0: He was pretty pretty unhinged.
1: Yeah, unhinged.
0: Yeah. That's a good word. Yeah, there was the one scene where it's, like, they get back, the girls come out of, like, the first club that they danced at, and they lie and said that they didn't make any money. And that's when he's, like, well, I've got clients lined up trapping, trap, which I guess is the new word for... hohen, hohen, turning tricks, mm-hmm. whatever's, and... uh." And then at one point, like Zola's like, "No fuck this, I'm not doing this." And he loses his shit, and that's the first time he slips into that. Uh, I think closed captioning had Nigerian accent, but I was like, "Oh, buddy." Yeah. Then I got, I got, I got scared for her and for Stephanie, really, because then you're just kind of like, "Okay, Stephanie's a Stephanie's a victim, plain and simple, right?" You're just like, "Okay, this dude is scary. Stephanie's manipul- been manipulated," but then. Stephanie's kind of actions again throughout the movie just kind of left me wondering like
1: I think that was the first that was when I realized like what was actually happening is when he lost his shit when you know Zola's like I'm not taking any part in this Mm -hmm. like you know um, and realized that like he's not just the roommate as Stephanie introduced him to be like Mm -hmm. their relationship is something more than that Mm mm-hmm so, yeah, that and was, like, kind of a turning point for me. And willingly withholding that information. Yeah. You know. See, that's why I'm, like, I have such a hard time. Like, mm-hmm. is she really a victim or is she, I like, I don't know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, it's I – I didn't think we were going to spend this much time on Stephanie, to be honest. And <laughs> to start off – I mean, this movie's called Zola, not Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> but I did find her character – really kind of interesting to watch in that sense of again just wrapping my simple my simple girl brain no <laughs> my mind around that a person can be more than just you know a person can be all these things in a movie so but yeah Riley Keo does a really good fucking job she does a really great job being with the with the black scent and culturally culturally appropriate Kind of uncomfortable to
1: watch, just in that sense, and the way she presents Stephanie presents herself. Yeah, she. There was a lot of things that she did that made me really uncomfortable, and that I kind of just wanted to like punch her. Um, <laughs> I know violence isn't the answer, <laughs> but she she's obnoxious and insincere, and yeah, like. Culturally appropriating mannerisms in the way um, African Americans speak and like the dra- the braids, mm-hmm. come on, um, and just bringing her boyfriend along on the trip when she's going to be like doing other dudes. Mm-hmm. I mean, that really just like creeped me out. Like I don't know, she was. Cre- I found her to be a little creepy, and she's gross. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, dragging the boyfriend along. Poor Derek. Poor, poor Derek. <laughs> I mean, him in his simple mind. Mm-hmm. He, I'm assuming he agreed to go on the trip. But. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. And then Derek,
0: at the end, after he has pleaded to Stephanie to please just leave all this and come home and you know if you don't i'm going to i'm going to kill myself and then in the movie he hurls himself off the balcony and lands next to the pool doesn't die and now they're <laughs> rushing to the hospital and he's like bleeding and then that i think is also the same scene where stephanie turns to zola and she's like we can still be friends right
1: yeah yeah no <laughs> So that was my question. Um did that really happen or was that dr- drama 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 my that was that was
0: for effect. <laughs>
1: okay. But in the yeah. in the Twitter thread um did somebody jump off a balcony?
0: I don't think he ever actually did jump off the balcony. It was a threat. Um, okay. But I'd have to go back and reread the uh Rolling Stone article because he is interviewed and so is real life Stephanie. The only one that didn't return a call to be interviewed was X, real life Mr. X.
1: I wonder if that's because he was incarcerated. I mean, he
0: was. He was incarcerated at that time, but uh he uh lawyers didn't return the call on his behalf or yeah. anything. So but I mean the real story is just as fucking wild, and then kind of everything that happened with uh, the real life ex and real life Stephanie and how he got caught is pretty fucking bananas. But um, we'll go we'll go on to Zola. So, what'd you think of Zola
1: herself, the character? Hmm. I feel like. I mean. I feel like if I was to meet her for real, um, like I would like she's a person I would get along with. Like I feel like she is very level headed. She um mm-hmm. what's the word I'm looking? For? Like she uh, sorry, you can cut that off. It's okay. I will uh I agree. I definitely agree she's with the level headed. She's got street smarts and she she knows what's right, she knows what's wrong. I think that she is a good person and that she's trying to, like like everybody else, just trying to get ahead. And she saw this as, as an opportunity to make some quick cash in a weekend, you know, because it sounds like she was, like, she was waitressing and then it sounds like she would occasionally strip mm-hmm. to make money. But the boyfriend, her boyfriend wasn't liking that. So she was, like, maybe trying to get out of that lifestyle a little bit. But, I mean... This opportunity presented itself. She's like, I've stripped before. Big deal. Mm -hmm. $5,000. Okay. I mean, why wouldn't you? I love that. In the movie. And
0: kind of like (laughs) one of the funner things about the movie is there's the little Twitter sound notification Mm. anytime a line is spoken in the movie that is directly taken from one of the tweets.
1: Okay. So that's what that. Okay. I wasn't entirely sure. So, So when she's like, I had to fuck him calm. She did like she,
0: that's what she tweeted. And then in the interview, he's like, (sighs) and the the real life boyfriend was like, Yeah, I think I took a nap after that. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) so I really liked, I really liked Zola. I really like this uh, depiction of her very, very smart, very aware, and very like sure of herself and Mm -hmm. sure of. This is what she wants. This is the life that she wants to live. This is what she wants to do. She likes money. She doesn't care, you know, so she'll dance and strip to get it. Um, I like it when they get down to Florida, and Florida has all these different rules and laws and everything, and so they had to wear pasties and shorts, and I think she said something like, I'm a full nude bitch. Good on you. (laughs) Right? I'm not even a pasties and underwear bitch, so... (laughs) <laughs> I'm a moo <mumu> bitch. moos <laughs> are very stylish now, so. But <laughs> <laughs> they've come a long way. Especially at the strip clubs. Yes. <laughs> so I liked, I like seeing that. I also like that throughout all this madness, she doesn't necessarily say a whole hell of a lot, but you can see that she's taking it all in, she's letting it register, and she's not acting... She never really acts like irrationally, and she stays cool and kind of with it in the sense of okay, well, Stephanie is only getting like hundred dollars per John, which is bullshit. So she's like, no, we're gonna charge five hundred dollars mm-hmm. instead.
1: I I do love that. She's like, pussy's worth thousands. <laughs> yes, I love that. She was like, listen, girl, I'm gonna help you out. We need to we need to upcharge these. Donkeys. Um, (laughs) And not tell X that you're making extra money Mm -hmm. doing it, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. I love that. So she's supportive as well. She's supportive. Like, great idea. Mm -hmm. Like, the other thing that – she never seemed to show fear. Yeah. As much as, like, when X would flap the handle or these situations that they were put in, like, the – um. I don't know if it was a bachelor party, if it was just some dudes yeah. that like called them and there was like I think it was I think just I counted dudes. like five or seven on the screen, but yeah. it was just a bunch of dudes. And then it was maybe gonna be just like what they call that? Like a gangbang. Gangbang? Circle jerk. Yeah. Circle jerk or something. Like she didn't show fear or like um like back down or mm-hmm. you know, she like held her ground. So I really admired that yeah. about about her. Oh, absolutely! And then even and they don't show
0: a whole lot of even like really Zola's face while Stephanie's taking all these Johns
1: or whatever. But they're like in the same room. Yeah. So it's not even like she was like a per- like almost like a I don't want to call it babysitter because that makes light of it. But she was almost like the she's security the secu- yeah security mm-hmm. shit went down. Um, she'd get. You know, she'd have her back. Mm-hmm. I, uh, at first, I was like, oh,
0: we've got wiener. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and then and then we got a whole oh, montage, whole of fucking messy mess of wieners.
1: <laughs> like, those were not pretty dicks. No. I was like, these are not the wieners I wanted to see. <laughs> <laughs> but it does make you realize, like if you were a sex worker, you're gonna be seeing all sorts of weens, mhm, yeah, like,
0: mm, ugly wieners, too, yeah, so. like
1: like, is that a wiener? Mm-hmm. or is that just like a growth? <laughs> I don't know, so
0: <laughs> but I also appreciated that we didn't get we didn't really get like any full-on female nudity. I don't think I mean, we. I don't think we even boobs got boobs a
1: little bit, right? Boobs
0: a little bit, but I don't even know if we. I don't even think we got nipples with the boobs.
1: <laughs> no, because you can't show your nipples in Florida. Yeah, so we got the pasties and, and maybe a little uh, booty, but I don't know. yeah,
0: yeah, some some booty in like tight shorts because at the beginning of the movie Zola's she's got like a pole in her room and she's practicing, and so there's some close ups. <laughs> Nothing, nothing too close, but... uh, It was tastefully done. It was tastefully close. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I don't think there was... And you know what? And that could just be, you know, chalk it up to a female director. Mm -hmm. And a movie not, you know, that deals with sex and, you know, maybe a little sexuality. Like, we're not... It's not done through, like, the male gaze where it's just lingering on a woman's body and bits and pieces. I think that's pieces.
1: a – yeah, I think that's a really good point. And that really wasn't the point of the story right, either. Exactly. So, like, we, we didn't need it. We didn't need it. Yeah. Yeah, the whole montage of penises, though. <laughs> I can't unsee that. And even that was kind of tastefully done because they would put, like, the little – what was it, like, a little heart emoji yeah. where, like – Something I think on the head of the weenie or something. <laughs> I don't know. So and then that big old one. It, yeah. Oh and my flash, god! It's like the it's like the third out of
0: like four or five or whatever. And they 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 moved on to the next wiener, but then they came back. And I think there was like a thinking emoji or something like implying like I'll be back for that one. Or it was <laughs> something really kind of quick and and kind of light in a movie that isn't the lightest. So yeah, I like Zola. I can't even believe this fucking story is real. I mean I can in a sense, but
1: I don't uh, I just don't even know what to say. And I think I think the thing that's that I kind of love about it is that this person, Asia, um, King, she decided to tell her story or tell this story in her life through a bunch of, threads like twitter tweets what what tweets or yeah, tweets. yeah. <laughs> um you know like it's almost like she's like all right i'm gonna have fun with this like i'm in a shitty situation and i don't know when i'm gonna be home or if i'm gonna be home but i'm putting this out in the universe because this is what's happening right now and i think other people need to know what's happening in my mm-hmm. life right now in case maybe she doesn't come back mm-hmm. um just like kind of the genius Behind that, to even like think like, okay, this is I'm going to tell you about this weekend how me mm-hmm. and this bitch fell out. Yep, I just think it's genius. Yeah, and I think that people or the the director and the writer to um, turn it into a screenplay, turn it into a movie. I think they did a great job. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. I agree because I was also kind of thinking too about like the whole
0: making movies based on Twitter threads there's like a horror movie a ghosty movie that is in the works based on a guy's twitter thread tweets about being haunted by what is it called like dear brian or something i think is spooky as fuck and i read it and i was like like i read the twitter the, the twitters and uh I was like, ooh, and he had some pictures, like a kind of a ghosty outline of a little boy with like kind of a a dented in head. I don't
1: like this. Stop talking about it.
0: Of course, people are like, oh, this is fake. This is bullshit. It's not real. And some people are like, oh, I totally believe you, but it has since been picked up and is going to be made into a movie, last I heard. I don't know how COVID may have affected any of that, but kind of makes you think like – you know, like, Hollywood, you know, Hollywood's so, like, hurting for, like, original stories and everything. Is this the next step? Is this where we're going to be turning to is Twitter, Tumblr, YouTube, and being like, let's tell your story. I don't necessarily have a problem with that as long as it's a good story to be told and then it's told well. So I thought this was a very good story. I thought this was an interesting story, a scary story, but also very well told. I think uh, Janika Bravo does an amazing job with uh, the directing, and I think she did the screenplay, she did the writing for okay. for the movie as well. But yeah, because it's like it's intense, but it's not like in your face intense where you're necessarily on edge. There's some kind of calmer, serene moments in between some of these wilder moments.
1: And there's a little bit of, like, as much as the topic is hard to, you know, it. there's some bits of comedy here and there. Like, I, I didn't take her boyfriend seriously at all, Nick Nicholas Braun mm-hmm. or Derek. Derek, yep. <laughs> I don't know. He was also, like, culturally appropriating black culture. Mm-hmm. But he was such a tall, skinny nerd about it that it was almost like pathetic, pathetically funny. mm mm-hmm. um, Like, I just could not take him seriously. He was kind of a co- – I mean, besides, you know, jumping off the balcony, <laughs> he was kind of funny to me. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I could see
0: that, especially in the beginning. And then at one of the other times, too, because, like – so in the beginning, he's watching some, like, YouTube videos or whatever, some pranks or –
1: Oh, Stop. and his like always wanted to be like YouTube famous. Yes. Like, oh, do you watch this one? Just watch this one. Like he was constantly watching all these silly YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm gonna do this. I'm and gonna I'm do gonna- th- Yeah, because he wanted to be YouTube famous. That I don't know. He just he seemed like he lived in a little bit of a fantasy world, I think. See, in and, denial. And for me, like <sighs> That just reminds me of my children,
0: because they're always like, I want to be on YouTube, and I'm going to be YouTube famous, and this is right? going to be my YouTube channel. And it's like my oldest one. I can't even get him to, like, record a little audio for, like, the library podcast, because I make them tell jokes, because mommy runs the library podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you must do the things mommy says. So he's he's not – Ross is not comfortable in front of a camera. But he wants to be a YouTuber. He wants to be a fucking YouTuber. <laughs> so I'm like, well, you better get your animation skills up then if you don't want to be on camera. Yeah. But but that's that's totally what Derek reminded me of. And I think I was reading that uh the real Derek is, I guess, like bipolar and maybe borderline DID. Um, he's got some serious mental health.
1: Oh, issues.
0: And I that's that. kind of explains some of his more dramatic mood swings or outbursts and explains him hitting himself when he got all would get all worked up and stuff. Because I think they said that the real Derek would do that as well. So
1: And it also kind of explains how like Stephanie and X like they took advantage of him. Mm-hmm. And he I I feel like people that maybe have mental health issues are more susceptible to getting, you know, coerced or manipulated or Mm -hmm. being taken advantage of.
0: Yeah. God, absolutely. So. All right. I'm trying to think if I've got anything else. This movie is fucking very interesting. It's kind of wild. The true story is just as interesting and kind of wild. Um, I def if, if I mean, if you're listening to this, I'm guessing you're familiar with the movie and or the Twitter thread. But if you're not, and you're still listening, I highly recommend finding the uh, finding the screenshots of Twitter of the tweets, which is on Imgur and the Rolling Stone article, because that has a little bit of real life. Stephanie's take Um, I think real life Derek and Zola's real life boyfriend. So I think she was – at the time that that article was written, they were engaged, Zola and her
1: and her boo. Like, are oh, my God. So are they married in real life now? That I
0: don't know. I couldn't really find a whole hell of a lot uh, for current stuff. I did find uh, Zola's Twitter account, and she's active on Twitter, but I didn't really see that she's active because she's got, like, a SoundCloud and a – like, I fell down the fucking rabbit hole. And – from the links that she has through her link tree, nothing looked to be current. Oh. Maybe, okay. you know, like a year or two since she's uploaded anything. So but in the uh making of on the DVD, she talks about how she's also a writer. So maybe she's mm. working, on working on something like that. So yeah, this movie, very interesting. Interesting. A little cuckoo bananas. Mm -hmm. Scary in the sense that this shit happens every day.
1: In real life. In real life, every day.
0: Uh, Let's see. Well, we'll move on to Stray Bubbles. The only couple of things that I have written down for Stray Bubbles is they, on their way to Florida, they stop at like a gas station, use the bathroom, Zola and Stephanie, and we get kind of an overhead shot of them in the stalls. Zola hovers. Yeah, she contributes to the problem of pee pee drips on the toilet seat. So I'm sorry, Zola, but I understand why people do that. But you are the problem. <laughs> <laughs> you're the why. You're why there's pee pee drips on toilet seats. <laughs> so lay some twi- lay some TP down. I get it, but please make contact. <laughs> And then the other thing that I had written down was after they get to, I think it's after they get to Florida and all the dancers are standing around and there's the larger woman kind of leading them in prayer, you know, praying for the rich dudes to come in and spend their money. The (laughs) ones that have good credit, 840, 840. 840. (laughs) I laughed super fucking hard. That is good credit. That's like That is real good credit. A++ universe plus. Oh yeah. a 840. Selm. Yeah, good movie. Good recommendation. Good way. Good job sneaking
1: that one on the on the list. I like I said I really thought it was like nasty. <laughs> like yeah. But wee. I thought the soundtrack was good too. Yeah. Yes, I, good I soundtrack. Like, yeah, I like the when they're driving down and they're all in the car and they're kind of getting like jazz because they just hit Florida, and like um, they're like taking selfies, like whatever song that is. It's like I love that song. I think it's um, oh my god, I can't. Yeah. I had it.
0: They had some. They had some bigger names that even. <laughs> Even I was like, oh, I've heard of that person. (laughs) I am not, I don't do well with new music of any genre and even worse with like rap and hip hop. So I know some, I'm kind of stuck in the... I've been stuck on 90s country for weeks. <laughs> 90s country. 90s country. <laughs> I took the kids to the park today and Don't burn my, uh, my it, break it, uh. No, no Billy oh. Ray. And sadly there's no That's 1989. No, no Garth Brooks either cuz Garth Brooks is not on Spotify, but we, I took the kids to the park and one of the houses that's near the park, uh the family was outside working on doing backyard outside stuff, Blair and Psalm, 90s country. And all I hear is <laughs> "Strawberry Wine 17 <laughs> I hate that song. I love the that fashion. song. It's so fucking problematic, but so is a lot of '90s country. I'm coming to realize as I listen to my playlist on repeat. But I thought for a second that my phone and Spotify had turned on and then was playing through my car speakers. <laughs> so I'm kind of looking around. Was that and I'm loud? like, it was that loud. Wow. I was like, okay, you go that, family. Yeah. Like get some shit done and it was like every song off my nice maybe you guys have the same playlist maybe no because they had garth brooks on theirs oh yeah you could hear it in the park i could hear it in the park yeah. so i mean it's their houses that butt up right next to the park and the parking lot and it's all wide open so the
1: one that we want aaron to buy yes <laughs> <laughs> see aaron <No. laughs> you could totally blare your speakers <laughs>
0: No, not that one. That that <laughs> that one was a little farther from where we were at, but yeah, so um so nineties country is where I'm currently stuck at. So. Uh,
1: well, it could be worse. It, it has might. been too. So let's <laughs> let's be fair. Um I've been listening to um Well, I told you about the Willie Nelson album. Oh, that's Heroes, right. So I've been listening to that. And then I just have been listening to my like all the songs that i've liked ever mm, on spotify mm-hmm. i just kind of shuffle put it on shuffle and like oh yeah i forgot about this song you know just yeah. listen to listen to that um and then podcast wise um i've been list well i just started it's called the bright sessions mm. and it's about this therapist who sees patients they're, like, superheroes, and they have, like, issues, so it's, like, like each episode's kind of, like, a therapy session with oh. the superhero, and you kind of have to figure out what their superpower is, Ooh. and they're really short. They're only, like, 20 minutes, um, but it's just kind of, it's fun. It's just, you know, don't really have to think a lot. Yeah. That um, does sound fun. Yeah. Yeah, for
0: uh, stuff that... So When it's not 90s country, and I'm sure – actually, I just finished Dave Grohl's The Storyteller, so I've tweeted about it a couple of times. I feel super lost because I'm like, that was so fucking good. Uh, the audiobook, he reads it to you, and it's, it's so comforting. It's just – it's so fucking good. And then podcast-wise, a lot of just more indie podcasts, but I didn't get any of those in this last week because uh, Dave Grohl was telling me the story of his life and – from the comfort of my kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Before we move on to the six degrees of Nicolas Cage Zola edition, where where do you think this movie lands in terms of rewatchability and and maybe ranking, like out of 10, 10 stars, 10 bubbles?
1: Um, rewatchability, yes, I think I would. I'd probably give it a little bit before I would re-watch it again. Um, and then for stars, I don't know. Um, all the stars. All the stars. <laughs> all the bubbles. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was really well done. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because it's based on a true story, I think they did the story. I think they, they did it well. Mm-hmm. And with little... Over dramatizing drama, mean mm-hmm. drama, meaning it. <laughs> I mean, I don't no. maybe you didn't need to because it was already a banana story, but yeah. yeah, I think they did a really good job. I definitely agree with the rewatchability.
0: I think I think I could watch this again, but it's not going to be anytime soon. I might need a little time in between, but yeah, I, I completely agree. They did, uh, Janixa did a really good job bringing uh, Asia's story to the screen and telling it and really only embellishing just kind of the bits that Asia has admitted to embellishing. So, you know, it's a movie. So you got to have like that major, that big, major climax, that big moment, you know? So, all right. Now... Time to play the six degrees of Nicolas Cage Sola edition. Woo-hoo. So this is the newest segment of the podcast because I love Nicolas Cage so fucking much. Plus, I think, you know, it's kind of a good fun way to end a show, an episode, especially when we talk about heavier kind of themes and and stuff. So um, instead of ending it on just sex trafficking is bad, we're going to end it. It it is, but (laughs) we're going to end it. Not to make light of that whatsoever. Right. Um, Six Degrees of Nicolas Cage. So did you get there in less than six
1: steps or less? I did.
0: Ooh. Okay. So I did as well.
1: (laughs) All right. I'm just – I get really excited because I'm like, ooh, did we take the same path? So, okay. You go first. Okay. So, and I just realized my notes that I made for this, I left them at home. So, I'm going to do my best to remember from memory. Um, And you know I have a terrible memory. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. So, I started with Coleman Domingo. Mm. Coleman Domingo was in the movie 42, which is the Jackie Robertson biopic. Oh, yes. Okay. He played um I think he played a baseball like one of the baseball players. His name <laughs> did, did
0: he play a baseball player in the baseball movie? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry. Are you done? <laughs> <laughs> Just one more moment. <laughs> okay, I'm done. <laughs> so um he was in 42 and Alan Tudyk – My birthday buddy. Yeah. I was just gonna say, he's your birthday buddy. Um, he was also in Forty Two. He played the baseball manager. Okay. And actually, I've never seen the movie Forty Two, but he plays a racist jerk baseball manager, like hmm. you know. And I'm like, oh, not you, Alan Tudyk, mm-hmm. two dicks. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. I'm I twelve. Um, I had two dicks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ten, so. <laughs> Um, so Alan Tudyk was then in the movie called um I think it's called Robot Boy and or boy robot or robot boy which st- um which stars Nicolas Cage and Nicolas Cage plays the doctor that creates this um robot boy hmm, that okay. lives in like this city it's, I think it's like PG or PG 13. It's probably like safe for kids to watch, I would imagine. Um, so that's how my connection worked. Very good. I'm trying to think of. Can you uh, Google, Google like Robot Boy or Boy Robot? <laughs> well, I want to make sure that I'm saying the right movie.
0: Okay, god damn it! He's voiced lots of robots.
1: (laughs) Oh, has he? (laughs) Well, he doesn't voice the robot. He's the doctor that creates the robot boy.
0: Okay, let's see. There's iRobot.
1: No, no. Okay, and you know who plays the robot boy Uh -uh. is um Norman Bates from Bates (gasps) Hotel. That Freddie. Freddie Highmore. Yeah. So maybe Google Freddie Highmore. It might come up on his. I almost googled robot Highmore.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Um, Astro Boy. Thank you. Ah, okay. Very good. Sorry, that was, ah, that's my bullfrog. <laughs> I tried to make bullfrog noises last weekend, and it's fair to say I can't make bullfrog noises. She did a
1: fantastic job. Yeah.
0: Should I try it? No, I won't. <laughs> All right. So I got there uh, in two two steps ooh, ooh. with uh, Riley Keough. So she was in the movie The Runaways oh. uh, with Michael Shannon, who was in the movie World Trade Center with Nicolas Cage. Boom. 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 Done. Pop that bubble. <laughs> Anyways, that was dumb. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us today. We've kind of gone through our what's been streaming in our bubble. Has there been anything you've been watching that? You're just yeah. like, oh my god, y'all.
1: Um, okay. Couple of things. Oh boy. I've been watching Tacoma FD. <gasps> I fucking love that and show. That show is awesome. You just reminded me. I have to look up for more seasons. Season three I- started. or season three is out now <laughs> on HBO Max. Oh, okay. It's on HBO. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I started watching season three and Oh my god. These guys are comedy geniuses. They're so funny. They're so funny. Um, I love them. And I might have a crush on Panizzi.
0: Oh yeah, isn't that weird? <laughs> That's super weird, it's right? Weird, it's yeah, super weird. <laughs> I mean, I'm one hundred, like a hundred percent with you there. But it's I hundred percent
1: it, weird. <laughs> and um, Andy, Andy Moana, I find him adorable. He's the um. He's the firefighter. Like, he's got picket fence teeth. Oh, yeah. His mom, like, owns the spa. Yes. Yes. Because yes. he's also in – he pops up in The Good Place. Yes. Pillboy. He's – I love him so much. I do, too. He's, he's so cute and funny. Um, So I've been watching that before I go to bed because it's just, like, a nice end of the day, mm-hmm. you know, palate cleanser. And then I started The Staircase, which is a true crime – True crime show. Well, it's um based off of a true crime, but it's been you know like yeah at, like Tony Collette's in it. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Colin Firth. Yes. Okay, I know which one you're talking about. I've seen ads. I haven't watched it yet. So the first three episodes dropped last Sunday, and I've watched all three of them. It's really good. Um, Tony Collette. She. So they do a part of it not to like spoil anything but they reenact the defense team reenacts what they think happened Mm -hmm. um because the woman's found at the bottom of a staircase dead so in their reenactment it's actually tony clett like doing this like doing it Mm -hmm. and it's so she is it's so disturbing to watch she does such a fantastic job but it's like it's really hard to watch. Yeah, she's yeah, she does such a she's a great actress. She's amazing. She is amazing. Um, so yeah i I am so far very intrigued by it. It's based on a true mm-hmm. true crime. Is that the one where there's a theory that it was the owl or an owl? They haven't got to that. Okay, if it is so I don't okay. Know. I don't know much about the crime itself. It happened like shortly. Was it before 9-11 or after 9-11? Like, it was during that time. Like, so 2001. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't Hmm. know. Okay. If it's the same one I'm thinking about,
0: there is, like, a theory that it was an owl got into the house or something. And – because I think – I think our Queen Murderinos have talked about it. And then there was like a docu-series on Netflix, if it's the same one. And I think that one's simply titled The Staircase or Staircase. Yeah,
1: I think that is based on, yeah, the, the same, same crime. But I, uh, haven't watched, I, I haven't watched that. I had started it, but
0: <laughs> when it comes to true crimey things, there's just something about generally the narrator's voice. That lulls me to sleep. Mm -hmm. I fall asleep listening to some of the most terrible shit. And it's all because of the narrator's voice. It's usually a male. It's usually kind of deeper. Kind of soothing. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Keith Morris from Dateline. He's got a voice like that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Timmy likes like the first 48.
0: And uh, I have fallen asleep to first 40 so many times. (laughs) It's kind of (laughs) terrible. I'm really sorry. But I have a more annoying narrator or something to keep me awake. I don't know. (laughs) Don't do that. That's not right either. All right. So I haven't really been watching much because since this pod prep was just a movie and I don't have to do a TV series until later, I have been putting off – getting a jump start on that, and instead, I have been watching a shitload of Star Trek New Generation. Or no, oh, Next Generation, Next I'm sorry. Generation. So uh, someone, uh, this guy Jesse, who runs another podcast, Sun But Inevitable, on Twitter had mentioned that Pluto, the app Pluto, is free, and they basically have a Next Gen channel. Oh. So it runs episodes all day long. That's
1: the one with John Luke? Or yes. A, yep. A Luke with Jean-Luc
0: um, with Patrick Stewart.
1: Yeah. That's the best one in my opinion. It is but the best one. So... I'm biased.
0: I think we're going to end up... I think maybe when Timmy's done with his busy season, I may end up signing up for Paramount Plus. So we can watch all... Get caught up on the newer Star Treks. Because we were sitting there watching an episode one night. Like we watched like an episode and, and a half one night. And just talked nerdy Star Trek shit during like... All of it, and knowing that there's a series lower decks, which I think you have mentioned before yeah, on a previous episode. It's adorable, I love it. You know, the you know the Enterprise goes into red alert, and there's been damage sustained on decks, you know, whatever twenty six to thirteen, or I, it wasn't that big of a gap. But I was like, I just told Timmy about lower decks, and I was like, see, I want to see these those. You know, the people that live on the Lower Decks, their reactions when every five minutes they're at red alert, like, God
1: damn it! You <laughs> it's know? an
0: animation, though. It's animated. I know, oh. But they can still exude emotion and
1: <laughs> frustration. <laughs> okay, I but, just didn't know if you knew it was
0: animated. Yeah, because I think that's the only animated new Star Trek right now, I think. Because there's like the Picard series, there's Discover, Strange New Worlds just started, which is pre-Kirk. A whole bunch.
1: Strange New World is pre-Kirk?
0: Yes. So the captain is Pike, which was Kirk's captain.
1: What channel is that on? Paramount Plus. Oh, Paramount. Yeah. So oh. that one, like,
0: just started. Why well, don't so. they just
1: call it Star Trek Plus? <laughs> no shit.
0: <laughs> yeah, just give me a Star Trek channel. God. Oh, Even watch Voyager. I will not watch Deep Space Nine, so, or Enterprise.
1: Mm-mm, hard don't. to
0: hear first, folks. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's pretty much all I have been watching is Star Trek. Ross and I did finally start Moon Knight the other day because I'm like, look, I can only avoid spoilers for one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. And right now I'm avoiding spoilers for Doctor Strange. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, we got to watch Moon Knight because mommy's got a bad back and can't duck like that. You know, uh, uh, dodging spoilers.
1: Uh, oh, my God. Nerd alert. Yeah. Shut up. So. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, that's going to do it for us today, my lovely bubblies. Thank you all for listening. Thank you, Jill, for popping on over and down to the pod basement and suggesting this wild movie that I did really enjoy. Fucking, it's, but yeah. It's bonkers. but bonkers, bananas. And the fact that it's true, and like I said, shit like this happens every fucking day. It's, that's the scariest part, so. But. Yeah. So check it out if you guys haven't already. And if you haven't already, thank you for still listening. And keep streaming. Bye. Bye! If you're enjoying this podcast, be sure to let me know by rating and reviewing wherever you get your podcast fix. Follow me on Twitter at Streaming Bubble. Find me on Facebook and Instagram as My Streaming Bubble. Have thoughts, suggestions, questions, or want to be tolerated? email me at mystreamingbubble at gmail.com. If you want to show your love and support for this little old podcast in monetary form, search mystreamingbubble over at buymeacoffee.com and buy me a cheese wedge. And if you want to take that love and support to the next level, head over to Redbubble where you can find and purchase mystreamingbubble merch. All monetary support goes right back into this podcast from new recording equipment to night cheese. Thanks for your support and keep streaming.